Hey guys. For those of you I have not met, my name is Megan. And <laughs> I, I'll give you like a one minute scenario of my life for just a, for a minute. And uh, I'll tell you that my husband Scott and I have been married for almost 18 years. And we have a one year old who can preach the gospel in a couple of words. <laughs> he looks at the cross and he says, cross, Jesus, ow. And then he pauses and then he says, Jesus, like you're alive, Jesus. So we're, tra we're trying to train him up in the ways that he should go. <laughs> um, I kind of want to minister a couple of words of knowledge that the Lord had shown me, but there's a couple of people that the Lord's been highlighting. Um, this young man with the brown hat on and the brown vest, before I actually say what I'm seeing over you, I just want to give a caveat that when there's a prophetic word given, you know that we see in part, right? And it's just as much of the job as the receiver to weigh the word, to test it, to hold fast what is good, which implies there might be things that are not from God. So we're moving from the Old Testament wine skin and model to the New Testament where we're walking in purity as someone who's hearing the voice of God and giving what we're, we're perceiving him saying, but then it's up to also the hearer to weigh the word, all right? So you have permission to flush, flush what you feel like is not from God, shelf what might not be for now and hold fast to what is good. And there's been words that I've gotten. In fact, there was a word Scott got maybe 10 years ago and they called him uh, a certain, they called him a shepherd. And I was like, oh, that's definitely not him. <laughs> and I, about 10 years later, he started making him a shepherd. And that very word that I actually rejected came to pass in his life. And so there are some words that the Lord does, but we have to learn how to partner with them as well. And so I want to give that caveat because I know a lot of us feel like because it's been said, it's automatically so, and that's not the case. All right. So what is your name in the brown hat and the, what is it? Don? Don, I, I know that the Lord's already ministering to you, but I saw you in pre-service prayer and just wanted to let you know that there is a, there's a call of God on your life to bring freedom to the captives. And you are, right now, the enemy is actually after you right now. And I just sense a fork in the road. And the Lord is coming as this, as this painting right here to be your lion of the tribe of Judah to protect you. And he's bringing you into this fork in a road and you are yoked with freedom, freedom. And so the very thing that he's going to be to you, he's going to be through you. And I just sense even the Luke 4, uh, the spirit of the Lord is on you to preach the gospel, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and that you will proclaim the acceptable, the acceptable time and season over people. But I just see you as like a chain breaker. Like you have an anointing to go to dark places, to people in bondage and break the chains because of the yoke of Jesus that's in you. And so I just, I just want to bless you with the spirit of God. God that would come and break yokes, that the, just as Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, so have you, my friend. So have you, my friend. And so I just pray right now for the Lord to come and continue to minister to you. Right now, if there's anybody on my ministry team, on the ministry team tonight, if you feel led to go lay hands on Dawn, I want you to do that because there's an impartation from the Lord for you to walk in greater levels of freedom. 
so that your hands and your words will break fetters. Yeah, Nicole, go get them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there a woman named Carol over the age of 50 in here? I could be wrong. I know there's a young Carol in here. Is she in here? Is there... Oh, she isn't kids. Is there a Carol in here that's any Carol? Carolyn. Oh, come on, Carolyn. <laughs> okay, so I saw, I saw a woman named Carol, Carolyn, and she was seasoned in the Lord, had wisdom on her head. And I heard the, the phrase, coffee with Carol. And I sense that there's like a, a season that God wants to bring you into to mentor in your living room, to bring people over for coffee, to teach them the ways of the Lord, to teach them how to pray, to teach them how to fight, to teach them how to stand, to teach them how to uh, prophesy, to teach them how to move in the spirit. And I just want to just, just commend you to the word of God to make disciples as a, a mother and a grandmother in this house. And I just sense that there have already been people that have come to you, Carolyn, and said, hey, can you mentor me? And it's time to gather their numbers and gather them in your living room and make a, make a rhythm of it because the Lord is saying, like, I've anointed you for this. And it's time to pa start passing the baton to the younger generation. And so you will be a grandmother in the faith. You already are, but there's, there's, a, there's, there's a, a, a season that's even more strengthening that's coming for people that are coming in behind you. All right? Thank you, Lord. Um, I just have one more. Um, and is Hayden Stout, or not Stout, sorry, Hayden Crab here? Sorry, Hayden, I, I do, do see you in here. The Spirit of the Lord on you, Hayden Stout. <laughs> Hayden, I felt the Lord highlight you today when I was praying and I said, Lord, I've already prophesied over him. And he said, I have something else that I want to say to him. And so I saw you, Hayden, as, as a leader of a Gen Z movement. I saw you leading powerfully, humbly, and purely a generation, a generation of Gen Zers calling them to purity, calling them to holiness, and calling them to fearlessness. Those three things the Lord marked in your ministry. And I, I just felt like a, a word of wisdom from the Lord to say, spend the next two years being sown into. Whether you need to go to school, whether you need to take classes, whether you need to find a mentor, you need to give yourself to this because this is the time the Lord wants to add to you so that you can be a, a leader in the Gen Z movement of Jesus. So get him, God. Get him good, God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I just felt one thing actually last week. This is just a main, mainly a word of knowledge. If there's anyone in here who has gotten a bad report from the doctor, and you don't have to stand, but what I sensed last week, and I know that uh, somebody on the ministry team did get to pray for someone with a bad uh, report on their heart. And um, I just wanna say that there's been, I heard a testimony yesterday of someone's mother in here who prayed for someone with kidney cancer who went to the doctor and they could find no trace of cancer. Yeah? Can I challenge us to go past a golf clap? Someone was just healed of cancer. 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> there was another testimony that I can't remember right now of of someone getting healed as well. Oh, I, I heard um, a couple weeks ago that someone got prayed for and they've been on blood pressure medication for a long time and their blood pressure started to, to acclimate and now they're not on blood pressure medication anymore. So I say that. If you have been diagnosed with a bad report, I felt the Lord say last week that he is going, he's reversing death sentences. He's reversing death sentences. So I just want, I, I want you, if you are facing a sentence from a doctor, the prognosis that is not, that's obviously not great. I just want you to lift your hand and we're going to, the ministry team's going to surround us and we're going to pray deliverance, deliverance. There's one hand, anybody else? Another hand, one hand in the back, another hand right here. And there's one hand right here. And we are now all priests right now. We're all priests. So even if you're still in your seat, you can, you can pray prayers that the Lord would come. And right now, I just lift up to you every person whose hand is raised right now. And Lord, I just declare your word that death sentences are reversed in the name of Jesus. I cancel the spirit of death over these lives right now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we lose healing, 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 healing over kidneys right now in the name of Jesus, healing over minds and in the, yes, healing in bodies right now in the name of Jesus. And I just pray right now by the spirit by the spirit of the Lord, that you would come and hover and bring healing. Bring healing and hover right now. Do what only you can do, God. Do what only you can do, God. I would just declare healing right now. I just thank you for the testimony of Jesus Christ that is the spirit of prophecy, that the woman that you healed with cancer, you're also doing here in this room, that diagnoses are being reversed right now in the spirit realm, and that the physical will catch up. We will get doctor's report that there's nothing found. There's no report. There's nothing. The only report is a good report. And we agree in faith. They say where two or more are gathered in your name, we can ask anything and you will do it. And we're asking right now. Loose. Loose these people. Loose these people from the, the clutches of who? Of sickness. Of disease. Right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and hover. Come and hover. You're doing a work, Lord. What you did for that woman, you'll do for anyone. You are no respecter of persons. Thank you, Lord, that your name is above every name. Every name. Thank you, God. I love Sundays <laughs> because where God is, anything can happen. Hallelujah! It's true. We actually can gather here and leave a completely different person. We can gather here and be deposited 
by the Lord something that can change our lives forever, even if it's just, even it's just an inch. Oh. And so, Lord, I just pray right now with every eye, every heart, turn to you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are above it all, that your purpose and your plan for our lives is greater than we could ever know. And I just want to tell you tonight, as I'm still praying, that the Lord wants us to cross over into new thresholds tonight. He wants to take us to deeper places of abiding and communing with him. And I'm giving you permission right now to be led by your spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit comes and he, he moves on you or if he confirms something or if he, if he starts to hover over something, I'm giving you permission now to yield to him because he has something far greater than I could ever say. And so I'm giving you permission. And when I say you have permission to lean in, it's like, I can be aware of my husband and it's quite another thing to give him attention. And so Lord, we are aware of you in this room right now. And now we wanna give you our attention. We wanna pay attention, Lord, where you're moving. And we wanna lean into that. We wanna give you attention. We wanna, we wanna respond and, and hear what you're saying and, and move how you're wanting to move. And would you pray with me, Lord, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I need your touch tonight. Don't leave me the same. I need you, Lord. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you, Lord. Open my eyes to see you and my heart to know you. Would you reveal and illuminate Jesus Christ. Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to be attentive to his movement. And I want to invite you to come out of like a, almost like a TED talk and into a living communion with the living God. And I'm going to start with a story that actually happened to me a year and a half ago, last January. And I'll go somewhere with this story. But at that time, I was really practicing reading the word in very small chunks. And I was allowing the Holy Spirit to just tunnel the depths. And I was saying things like, show me more, Lord. And I would just sit in one sentence for a lot of time. And there was this one scripture that we all know in John 15, 9, that says, this is Jesus speaking, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. And the Holy Spirit does what only he can do and he revealed a little hesitation in my heart when I read that. And I, I stopped there and I said, show me more, show me more, Lord. And he said, You're, you don't think this is love the way I sent Jesus to the earth. And I started to, to listen and lean in and and I started to realize I, I actually did think, Lord, that's not love sending Jesus. You were, you were one in perfect communion and glory and you, you sent your son and he had to become a human and die a horrible, humiliating, excruciating death. I don't know if I want that, to abide in that love. And I never even knew that was hiding there in my heart. 
So I just said, okay, there's a revelation here. There's something deeper for me. Lord, show me more, show me more. And I just kept saying, show me more for three weeks. And then three weeks later, I was sitting in a chair. I was worshiping the Lord. And this has never happened to me before, but a storyline dropped in my spirit. And I saw, I saw Abba Father. I saw Jesus. And I saw the Holy Spirit all together before the foundation of the world. And I saw them in perfect love, perfect love, perfect selflessness. They were all loving each other so perfectly. And Abba started to say, man, this love is so great. I wanna create man so that we can, I, we can share this love with mankind. And they were saying, gosh, that's such a good idea. And he said, started telling him how he was gonna create the earth and create mankind in his image. And it was such a glorious plan and they were so excited. And then Abba told the other two, he said, there's gonna be a problem, there's gonna be sin and they're gonna fall and we're gonna need a redemption plan. And Jesus said, I'll go, I'll go be the redemption. I'll be the sacrifice. And Abba said, you do that? then I'll make your name the greatest name. I'll make your name above every name. I will raise you from the dead. And the Holy Spirit's like, oh, and Jesus was saying, I'll, I'll represent you, Abba, since I've been with you all this time, I'll show people what you're like. I'll be the perfect representation for you. Can you feel the Spirit of God even hovering over this? This is how, yeah, thank you, Lord. And then the Holy Spirit said, well, Jesus said, well, what are we gonna do because I've been with you all this time. How am I gonna be about your business if we're separated? He said, no, we'll still be one. I'll send the Holy Spirit and he'll be the perfect connection. He'll be with me and he'll be in you. And then you'll actually show mankind what it's like to move in, my, in, in me. And then the Holy Spirit said, great, that's so great. And, and Abba said, and you know what? It's not gonna stop there. I'm gonna give them the, the promise of you. After Jesus is risen from the dead, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give mankind you, the Holy Spirit. And I saw this beautiful, beautiful redemption plan. This beautiful plan that was orchestrated in perfect love. Not, I had always thought Jesus drew the short end of the stick and came to the earth and had to pay the sacrifice. But no, we saw perfect, I saw perfect union. And actually when I told Scott about this, he said, did you hear a, a sermon last week at this church that we listened to? And I said, no. And he said, they, they talked about this exact same thing. And what's so amazing is after I saw this, Hebrews 12 started to make more sense. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. Because it wasn't even just, for, it was to see this redemption plan come to pass. It was to see mankind brought into this Trinitarian fellowship. There's so much here. This is why all creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God because the Lord planned this before the foundation of the world. And so tonight I felt the Lord say, I want you to talk about the, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit of the Bible and your best friend. And that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna introduce us all to a deeper level of Holy Spirit and there's something so wonderful about this because we could be a Christian for 50 years walking like Jesus, or we could be a brand new Christian and there's still a deeper still.
there's still a deeper still. So I'm inviting you to lean in and pay attention where the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you because this is going to be an invitation of how he wants to reveal himself to us in deeper ways. Sound good? So we see the, we see the Old Testament in the second verse of the Bible in Genesis 1-2 where the Holy Spirit brooded over the face of the waters and he was hovering and creating life before the father spoke. And he was the one, and he does that even now. When we say, come Lord Jesus in these meetings, he's hovering and he's revealing something about Jesus. And so we see the spirit of God in all the myriad of activities in the Old Testament. We even saw this, we see the spirit of God come in Exodus when he, when he anointed Bezalel. And he anointed Bezalel with wisdom and understanding and knowledge so that he could have creative craftsmanship to build the temple. And we see, the old, we see the Holy Spirit move all throughout the Old Testament. And then we see the cross. We see Jesus come onto the scene. And we see the Holy Spirit coming when he comes out of the River Jordan, descending like a dove. And we see the Holy Spirit empowering a human life to live, to live like a divine human. We see him in all the activities. Even what I saw over dawn there, the, the spirit of the Lord is on him to preach the good news. The spirit of the Lord was on Jesus. And we see this beautiful, beautiful myriad of activities that Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit came and, and filled Jesus with. And he's the one that raised Jesus from the dead. And later on in Ephesians, it says the same power that raised him from the dead lives in us. And I'm just inviting us. I think the Lord tonight is going to give us a fresh set of eyes to what this means so that we don't, it doesn't get glossed over in religious, uh, just like a monotony, the same power that raised him from the dead. And I want to, I want us actually to turn to first Corinthians two, and I'm going to, I'm going to start describing the Holy spirit. And I want you to know that this is all from scripture. It's all from scripture. This is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. First Corinthians two. We'll start in verse nine. First Corinthians two, nine. But, as, um, but as, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of the man of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So according to this, we can't even go deep unless the Holy Spirit takes us there. He is literally our escort into the deeper things of God's heart. He is the tour guide into the unsearchable riches of Christ. We can't know God without the spirit of God. We can know him here, but we can't know him here. And so this should, in fact, when Becca was singing, we need you, God, we need you, God. This is, this is what I'm hoping to get us in touch with tonight is our need, a, a deeper need for the spirit of God. He has emotions. 
We can grieve him. We can quench him. We can actually, he inhabits the praises of his people, which means that's what he loves doing. And so if we think of him as a, as, as a person, if you will, even though he's a spirit, he has emotions. This is a living partnership that we have, a living partnership. And he, it says in John 3 that he's the spirit without measure. And I'm just gonna keep painting this picture of who the spirit of God is. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit himself will whet our appetites for more. Jesus said the father is gonna give you another helper, another helper. He is our helper. He is our spirit of truth. He says that, that we will know Jesus because of him. He will come and dwell in us. He is the spirit of adoption. Sonship happens because of the blood of Jesus, but sonship is actualized because of the spirit of God. So he helps us know the covenant that we live in. He helps us know the sonship that we walk in. He helps us know the access that we have in God. The fullness, it says that he's, we've been given all the fullness of him. He helps us. He actually declares it to us. He doesn't give it to us because we already have it in the shed blood of Jesus, but he declares what is so that we can be open and know and how to access the Lord God. He is the one that said he'd never leave us as orphans. That is a promise. That should take a sledgehammer to the orphan spirit where we say, God, where are you? No, he said he'd never leave us. He would never leave us. He is the spirit of adoption. He helps us explore the covenant. He will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said. His favorite thing that he does is testify of Jesus. That's why when we sing songs about Jesus, his presence is like, whew. it's his favorite thing. He loves to glorify Jesus. He loves to glorify Jesus. So if we need a fresh revelation of Jesus on the cross, the Holy Spirit will do that. If we find that the blood has grown a little cold on our hearts, the Holy Spirit will bring an awakening. If we, if we, if we hear the good news and it doesn't just compel us to say, oh, thank you, God, the Holy Spirit will bring an awakening and a refreshing. He will make it come alive to us. He is the passion of the Father's heart, the promise, the gift. It says in James 1 that he's the perfect Father who gives perfect gifts. And this is the ultimate gift from the Lord, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I hope you guys aren't getting tired of this because I could just talk. I mean, we might be here till midnight. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> he's the one who draws us to the Father. He's the one that bears witness that the tomb is empty. And he's risen, he's risen. He bears witness to that. He is the spirit of truth. Oh, the spirit of conviction. He is the spirit of conviction. And one thing I wanna say is if you read in Revelation three, the Laodiceans thought they were doing good in God. They're like, we're good, we're rich. We don't have need of anything. And the Lord said, no, no, no. He gave some very graphic Descriptors, he said, no, you're actually miserable, wretched, poor, and naked. <laughs> and the assessment of God was different than the assessment of people. And so the spirit of conviction is the greatest gift. 
because he will give us the assessment with God. I know there's been times where I'm like, oh, that was so good. And God's like, I'm actually not good with that. <laughs> like, oh, wow, I actually thought that was really good, God. No, let's talk about that. <laughs> it's a gift from God because we want to know now and not when we meet him that our assessment is the same or is different, right? <laughs> That's mercy. That's mercy. So when I feel his conviction, I'm like, you love me. I am a daughter. My father loves me because he chastises me. So he is the spirit of conviction. It's to our advantage that Jesus goes away, Jesus said. That is wild. So can I give you a little caveat? If Jesus were to say, hey, I'm going to come and live life with you for a day, what would it look like? And if it looks different, then we need a revelation of who the Holy Spirit is. He takes what's Jesus's and all that is him and declares it to us so that we would walk in union. This is Scott's. He's the, the heavenly wedding planner, getting the bride ready to meet the bridegroom. <laughs> he is our personal intercessor. So if you're ever tempted to believe the lie that no one's praying for you, no, no, he is the personal intercessor. Jesus is sitting as intercession at the right hand of the father. We've got two of the three Godhead praying for us at all times. <laughs> That's good news. In Isaiah 11, it talks about the spirit of the Lord. He gives him seven, seven uh, attributes. It also is in Revelation, but it's the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and, or wisdom and knowledge, of counsel and might, and the fear of the Lord. He is all of those things. He's also in, in fruit, in character, love, joy. In Galatians 5, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. He is all of these things. And that's just because we said yes to Jesus. And then there's this thing that Jesus said that's super interesting to his disciples who walked with him for three and a half years, his entire ministry. He said, listen, I know that you did all this with me. I know you saw all these miracles. I know, you, I know you've been with me this entire time, but I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. I'm gonna go, but don't go until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire because I'm gonna bring power. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill you with power and then you can be a witness to the ends of the earth. In fact, in Acts 1, it says that there'll be witnesses all in that area, Jerusalem, Samaria, one other city that I can't remember, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus himself said, hey, listen, you've got to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is the most, I always tell people, the day you get born again and the day you get baptized in the Holy Spirit are like two of the most important days in the Father's eyes. And then baptized with water, of course. But there's something that happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You become a witness because you are filled with power, power to live a holy life, power to be a witness so that you can actually export the kingdom. And then you get the gift of tongues. And when you pray in tongues, this is so cool. The Holy Spirit is praying the absolute perfect will of God. So not only do you have a perfect intercessor or a personal intercessor, you have a perfect intercessor. He is praying the perfect will of God. So when I'm fumbling and stumbling and I don't know how to pray as I ought, he does. Romans 8, he does. He creates this perfect connection. And then guess what? 1 Corinthians 12 comes alive with the person of the Holy Spirit. Also come gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, 
gift of prophecy, gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gift of healing, the discerning of spirits, the different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, which is a different kind of tongues, not your personal tongue. That might be controversial. That's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with that. The gifts of the spirit are so that we can be a witness that we aren't subject to the, the things of this world. We can actually live at a higher degree of union with God. We have the greater character that God has. We're actually the best people to be around and we export an alternate reality. This is our mandate. This is the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, he's so good. This is Peter. He is, I, I, I feel like I'm about to explode. And I'm worried about some of us because <laughs> he's just not a respecter of people. And so I, I think about Peter. He was the one that denied Jesus and everybody gives Peter a bad rap, but I have to say, I do actually identify with Peter quite a bit. <laughs> he denied Jesus post-baptism. He stands up with John in the courts. He actually gives us address in Acts, right? And 3,000 people get saved. Then they, they arrest him and John and they stand in prison or they stand in the court and they're testifying and they, everyone's marveling. They said, these are uneducated, untrained men. They must have been with Jesus. This is the witness of the Holy Spirit that we have, we have a substance of being with Jesus. We have a sub, the Holy Spirit is a, is, he is so real that, that we could actually be like Peter and walk by people and our shadows could heal people. We could be the, the best employees because of our character and our work ethic. It's not just power, it's also character too. We could have the, the thriving families. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Holy Spirit is here Whew. so that we can be transformed. His number one job in our lives is to transform us into the image of Jesus. Mind, soul, body, so that everything looks like him, smells like him, sounds like him, carries the essence of the personhood of Jesus. God is wanting to, us to cross over into new thresholds tonight. Deeper communion, a deeper knowing, a deeper dependence. There's, there's facets of abiding in him. And he wants us to go deeper in abiding with him. He is never the variable. And he's asking us to be a witness. And, and the, the Greek word for witness is testimony and martyr. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but it's not very fun dying. But it is a requirement to be a witness for Jesus. And I have a few concerns that I want to just give to us as a mother and as, as someone who loves. I just want us all to become more like Jesus. My concern is that many of us live godly lives, moral lives, which are good. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but we don't have relationship. And people, people can not know Jesus and be moral and godly. But if there's no witness, if there's no power, 
if there's no character, if there's no communion, if we're not being led, I just, there's so much more. There's so much more that he wants. Who I can feel him. And my, my question is to myself and to all of us is if we were to remove the leadership of the Lord in our family dinners, in our gatherings, would it look any different? Would our days look any different? And he's saying, I wanna take you deeper. I want, I want a rich communion. And I heard the Lord, I wasn't gonna say this, but I heard the Lord tell me this week, he said, if we treated our friends the way we treat the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have any friends. And there's been days that I, I do my day and at the end of the day, I'm like, oh Lord, I didn't even think about you one time. Wow, help me, help me, help me, Lord. Help me glorify you, Lord. Help me walk in greater union with you. And the Lord is saying, how influenceable are you to his leadership? How influenceable am I to his leadership? And there's a quote that Reese Howells, he's an intercessor, a prophetic intercessor. He said, this is Jesus speaking to him. He said, there's all the difference in the world between your surrendered life in my hands and me living my life in your body. Lord, help us live with an unconditional yes to you. And Mike Bickle said this, he said, we'll walk in the spirit to the degree we talk with the spirit. It's so simple, but the Lord is saying, can you, can you go about your day and be led by me? Can you start your day and be led by me? Can you forsake building and building and building these towers of Babel and build a life that's based on my glory, to bring me glory? Can we forsake these, the chasing of, of all the things we chase that we get so full and then we're not hungry for the right things and the Lord's saying, can you put those aside and give me an inch, just an inch, just an, he just wants an inch. And there's been times when I'm like, Lord, he's like, Megan, I want to take you deeper. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to go. I don't know how to do this. Help me. And then he takes me deeper. And then a few months later, he's like, Megan, I need more of your life. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know how. Will you show me how? And he said, here's how. Go deeper. Megan, I want the margins of your life. And this is literally our journey as Christians of surrendering to him over and over, being influenced by him more and more. And there's a story that I felt to share. This is really vulnerable, but sometimes there's all sorts of obstacles, right? We're busy, we're distracted. And sometimes too, disappointment and setbacks can hinder our connection. And sometimes that's where the enemy wants to come and say, oh, you should move away from God because he's not good. And this is literally the opportunity to lean into him and and I just want to tell you, I know we've all experienced this disappointments and setbacks, but uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago, I, was, I went to my 12-week appointment. I was carrying a beautiful little girl and they, they couldn't find a heartbeat and she wasn't alive. And I'm telling you, 
Those are the seedbed for the enemy to get us to fray our connection with the Lord. But literally, he is the only one we need. And I can stand here telling you, he was everything. The, greater, the greatest comfort I could ever know. The greatest redeemer that I could ever know. The greatest witness. His presence was like surrounding me. Where I, I, he was transporting me to this greater reality, even though it was so painful. And there's just so much of this that the Lord's like, come to me. Let me be the one that ministers to you. Let me be the one that's your comfort. He is the comforter. Let me encourage you. Let me tell you the plans that, that I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let me be this one. And I'm standing here telling you by the grace of God, that setback is a stepping stone to a greater revelation of him. It can be for you too. A deeper place of abiding, all the setbacks in my life, I'm like, Lord, I need more of you. Lord, I need more of you. I went to this ministry and I, I did what I thought he did and it was totally a dud. And I went home and I was like, Lord, I need more of you. I can't do what you're asking me to do without more of you. And that's the cry of my heart continually, not from an orphan, but Lord, show me, show me who you are in me. I, the Holy Spirit helps elevate our experiences until they match the word. So we don't have to create doctrines that water things down or create false doctrines for what isn't, but it should be. It's the Holy Spirit who brings these, that, so that our language and our lives are the same. And I'm after this. We're after this together. But I'm, I'm trying to get us in touch with our neediness because this is the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And he's given us all things. He's given us himself. And I'm asking, can we yield a little more? Can we yield a little more? This is a slow drip. Christianity is a slow drip. It takes time. But the same exact power that split that veil in two, that, that shook the earth and split that rock, moved the tomb, lives in us. There's a deeper still. Does our witness testify of our love for God above all else? Does our witness testify of a deep dependence and humility? Does our witness testify of exemplified character? Does our witness testify that we love people? Does our witness export the reality of heaven? Does our witness show that we're a light? Because the Lord is saying, hey, I wanna make you a city on a hill. We have to witness of a greater reality. And I, I was thinking of, I was thinking of this. We went to dinner once at, at, on Mother's Day at this restaurant. And this woman, I, saw, I just saw her in the spirit. She was our server and I had a word of knowledge and then I started prophesying over her and she sat down and just started weeping. 
And she said, what is this? And I was like, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. And the Holy Spirit was on her and, and she left and came back and she's like, I just called my mom and she told her all about this and told her what you said. And she said, you better hurry back to the table because that might be an angel. And I was like, honey, just hang around me a little bit longer and you'll realize I'm not an angel. <laughs> but there was a superior reality that superimposed her reality. And she said, God must be here. This is our call. This is our call. This is our call. We're, we're to leave a trail of glory, a trail of good character, a trail of good reports. Because signs will follow us wherever we go, right? That's what Mark 16 says. This is good. <laughs> My last, because I want to just charge us. What would it look like to be a people fully yielded to God? What would it look like to have the kingdom of God at hand? What would it look like to be about our father's business, not just on Sundays, not just in the morning, but our whole life. What could that look like? What would it look like if we guarded our place of abiding with ferocity, zeal, jealous love? And I can see the Holy Spirit moving on many of you. Lord, take us deeper. That's the cry of our heart. What if we did arise and shine and the glory of the Lord was here? Because the Lord wants to make this place a hub. He wants us to build a reputation for his glory. He wants to make this city a beacon, a well, so that people come and experience the one true living God. That's the mantle over this house. And yet he's asking us to even hone the mantle at the very micro level in our lives. Who a well looking like Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants us to build a life that brings God glory. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? The indwelling presence of God should make us look very different. We are a peculiar people, <laughs> very peculiar, filled with the fullness of God. And so I just sense, is Becca still in here? Can you dance before, no, just kidding. Would you mind if, <laughs> the Holy Spirit did tell me, no, he didn't. <laughs> Listen, he's not asking for a moment, a season. He's asking for our whole lives. And I'm wondering who in here can die a little bit more tonight? Who in here can yield a little bit more? And I even sense now that the Holy Spirit's putting his finger on things. And don't get overwhelmed, just give him an inch. Give him an inch and he will do marvelous things in our midst. And I just want to take a couple of minutes and just ask, 
how influenceable are we? Where do we need to yield as jars of clay so that the spirit of God could have more room? And I just see this like even spring cleaning happening where he's had a folding chair and he's like, hey, no, no, I I actually want you to move your things out so that I can move some more permanent things in here so that we can have a connection so that you can listen to me and follow me. And this might mean for some of us, we need to talk less in our prayer time. Listen more. This might mean that we actually need to call and go ask for forgiveness. I actually sense that for a handful of us in here. This might mean that we lay down that thing that we've been building. This might mean that we actually do that, build that thing. It's different for all of us. And before I ask people to posture, because I think the Holy Spirit's gonna move and mark, I wanna know if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you don't have the gift of tongues, I wanna give you that opportunity today because the enemy has done so much, religion has done so much to divorce the indwelling, empowering presence And Jesus himself said, don't go anywhere. And he had already breathed on them. And he said, I want you to be filled. I want you to be baptized. And the Holy Spirit is a consuming fire. And this is the empowering presence. This is the, he is the one that brings this supercharged to the fruits of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, the activity of the Lord. This is how we perceive what God is doing and where he wants us to go. We have a measure of that, but I'm telling you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift the father can give us besides salvation. So don't be afraid of this. Who wouldn't want to pray the perfect will of God? Who, who wouldn't want unbroken connection, spirit to spirit. This is how we actually worship. The spirit is the only one who can help us worship. He's the only one who can even help us read the word. We we can't even know the word of God without the spirit of God. His indwelling presence is everything. We can't do any, Becca's saying, we can't do anything. I can't even breathe without the empowering of his presence in me. Can we get in touch with our neediness? Because don't let, oh, I'm good, to cause the Lord to not rest on you tonight and fill you tonight. So I'm gonna ask my ministry team to come up. And I realize it's time to get the kids, but the kids are probably the best conduits of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna have my ministry team come over actually here on this side. Sorry, guys, I didn't tell you this. And I wanna, I think God's doing two things tonight. Two things. One, he's saying, will you yield to me so that I can come and create a deeper place of abiding? A deeper place of unbroken connection with you. And I would wonder who would say yes to that. And you don't, you can come forward, you can kneel at your seat, but the Holy Spirit is gonna answer this cry of our heart. of like, Lord, take me deeper. And then if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, 
and you want to. I've got a team of amazing, powerful people who can lead you in this wonderful, wonderful time. So I'm just gonna ask that if you wanna be filled or let's say, I know the first time that I got filled with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> this couple was mentoring my husband and I and they gave us a booklet and I read the booklet and I actually didn't know somebody was supposed to pray for me. So I stood in my kitchen and I said, baptize me. And I felt this electricity come through my body, but I didn't know anything about tongues. So I had a baptism experience, but I didn't know about tongues. And so it wasn't until maybe three years later that someone said, hey, you need to get your prayer language. This is like everything. And so I was filled again. And in, even in Ephesians 5, when it says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit, there's a continual filling. So there's a continual filling for all of us. But if you've never spoken in tongues, I want you to come and meet one of my friends up here. Don't be afraid. This is the greatest gift. I know there's a handful of people in here that are going to receive power from on high. So I'm gonna have um, everyone stand just so there's some movement. And I'm gonna invite those of you forward that wanna do business with God so that the indwelling presence of the Lord can take up more space in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits. You can kneel at your seat. You can come forward and we'll minister over you. But I want you to know this is a free and open space. And what I am gonna ask, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give time for people to come forward. If you've never made Jesus Lord, and I'm talking about the indwelling presence of the Lord and you've never been born again, I want you to come up to my friends over here too and tell them that you wanna meet Jesus. together thank you Jesus thank you Lord for your leadership and when I'm finished praying I want you to respect the anointing of the Lord on these people and I'm going to ask you very respectfully your conversations outside so that we can be reverent to what the Lord is doing. He's marking people. And I just, I just sense that there's even people in the youth that the Lord is going to touch. Young adults, the Lord is going to touch. And Lord, right now, I ask that you would come bear witness to the indwelling presence of the Lord God. Lord, I ask that every hindrance, everything that would distract or clutter would be removed by your precious love. Lord, you're putting your finger on things and we just say we repent. We repent. We, the kingdom of God is at hand and we repent. We want times of refreshing to come, filling to come. And I just pray that as these people are laying down that which hinders to get more of you, there would be a, an increase 
of your presence, an increase of your spirit resting both within and upon these people in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. You're marking some of them. You're marking some of them. We truly want to build a life that brings you glory, God. I want to be a woman who my family knows loves you above all else behind closed doors, Lord. I want my witness to be so great, Lord, that things are moved in the natural because of what you're doing and saying and within me. Lord, I pray right now for the empowering presence of God to come so that we could be witnesses to the end of the earth, Lord. I pray that you'd make these people the best husbands, the best wives, the best daughters, the best mothers and fathers, grandparents right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, Lord, you'd mark them with your fire, your consuming fire, Lord. I just pray right now that you'd set them and mark them, set them apart, Lord, consecrate them unto you. God, where there's been things that we're chasing and building that you are not authoring, I pray right now you bring, bring it to clarity. Bring it to clarity in the name of Jesus. Bring it to clarity so that we can put our time, our resources to building what you are building. Make our hearts like yours. Make our desires like yours. Lord, synchronize us by your spirit. I ask for dreams in the night, Lord. Dreams in the night, Lord. Dreams in the night, Lord. Help us not have a form of godliness, but deny your power. Help us have both, both, both godliness and a witness. Lift your song to the Lord. Don't be afraid. Lift your perfect song. 